How to Perform at Your Best Despite ADHD, interview with Emily Elizabeth. Do you feel that you cannot perform at your best because of attention deficit problem or you're too hyperactive? The condition when people have more than usual attention deficit is called ADHD. Many people suffer from it. And it not only affects your attention, but also affects your mood and sometimes cause anxiety. Would you like to learn how to overcome these obstacles and still perform at your best? Then you're in the right place. You're watching Happy and Healthy Mind, episode 88, where our guest Emily Elizabeth will share some simple techniques she has learned in her life to work with and work through the challenges that come with ADHD, depression, and anxiety. Emily Elizabeth is a mental health advocate, founder and host of Wondering Mind, a mental health podcast, and MindFest, a mental health festival. Thank you so much, uh, Emily, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakani. I help organizations reduce negative consequences of burnout. I'm a speaker, author, and an integrative psychiatrist. I believe that our mind is the software that runs the hardware of our brain and our body. Therefore, I share practical tips for your mental fitness. Please consult your healthcare professional if you have any specific medical advice. But if, if you find this content helpful, then join our mission of eradicating preventable suffering by liking, subscribing, and sharing so more people can live and perform at their best with hope, health, and happiness. So let me ask Emily. Emily, tell me, why did this topic become important for you? How did you become the advocate and, and started this podcast and this festival? So I started to advocate for mental health and bringing awareness to it because I've struggled my entire life with anxiety, depression, and ADHD. And for most of my life, I ignored the signs and the symptoms that come along with those diagnoses because mental health wasn't talked about when I was growing up. It was still very stigmatized and stereotyped. And I just wanted to be considered a quote unquote normal human being. So moving into my adulthood and finding more resources on mental health as my mental health started to get worse. And I felt as though I needed to really take the reins on my life and figure out what I was going to do, whether it was going to be potentially take my life versus take the reins and change things up and do something about it. So the more I started to learn about mental health, specifically anxiety, depression, and ADHD, and going through therapy and taking those steps to work on healing, I started to finally get to a really good place mentally. And I really felt called to share what I had learned and that it's possible to go from the very lowest of lows to being consistently stable, if you will, and feeling like you can live a quote unquote normal life without so many hurdles in the way. So I decided to launch the podcast in February of 2020. And I've been launching episodes ever since. 
Wonderful. I'm so proud of you. Wonderful. Sometimes people give in to their obstacles and find it very hard. And sometimes people are able to get through and thrive. So you're not just living and passing by, but you're thriving and doing more above and beyond. And so, and I see that all the time, but when people are going through acute situation, they feel that that is not possible. So you advocating this and bringing it to people's awareness that you can get better. It's, it's wonderful. So tell me, after you applied some of these tools that you're going to talk about today, how did your life change? It completely changed. Now, I don't want to say that, you know, I'm completely healed and that I don't still have my days where I'm feeling down and that I don't have to continue to work on my mental health every day because I do. The difference between then and now is that now I have those tools and those resources and a different perspective on things that helps me get through in a healthy way as opposed to before where I was completely cope using negative coping mechanisms and really neglecting myself and how I was feeling. So now I have that self-awareness that I did not have before. And honestly, I think that's the biggest thing that I've gained from my experience so far is the amount of self-awareness that I now have versus the lack of self-awareness I had in the past. And you feel happier? I do. I feel, yeah. you know, it, again, it's, 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 it's a constant struggle because there's so much going on with our lives day to day. But overall, I'm so happy with how far I've come and how much I've grown mentally and how much I've learned about how to navigate through your mental, mental health and the things that you're going through and the importance of speaking up about what you're going through to other people and taking uh, advantage of resources that you have accessible to you. It's been a game changer. Wonderful, wonderful. And you're not only able to do a full-time job, you, you are able to do this advocacy work. So you're performing at the at your highest, at your peak. I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, everybody struggles. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I even at this point in time, like, you know, you say, okay, well, I'm the psychiatrist. So I'd like, so sometimes people think, okay, we're out of the world. I have to work on every day to because like I was just joking that I am a burnout reduction coach and I feel like at the brink of burnout so frequently and so I have to constantly apply the tools that I teach others um, so all of us have to continue to work on every day is a new day every day is a new opportunity every day is an opportunity to make better decisions Mm -hmm. and be better version of ourselves. Our audience would love to hear some of the tools that you have applied in your life that could also help them. So can you share some of those tools with us? Sure. So first and foremost, therapy. I believe therapy was the gateway into helping me gain that self-awareness. It helped me dive a little deeper into my feelings and my emotions on a level that I was too afraid to do on my own. So having that space, that safe space with a non-biased individual to kind of help you navigate through your thoughts and what you're going through is very beneficial and can 
go with you when you leave. Like that's stuff that you can do on your own eventually day to day. It's shifting your perspective and your mindset so that you can kind of think through things on your own. So starting with therapy was my number one resource and tool. And then let, let me just kind of uh, sure. spend a couple of minutes on the therapy side. So yeah. um, sometimes people joke about, okay, well, when I recommend that, uh, I suggest that you get, get psychotherapy. So when we say therapy, we mean psychotherapy, right? And so simple name for it is talk therapy. Mm -hmm. So some people say, how's talking going to help me? I talk all the time with everybody. <laughs> and then sometimes people are in therapy and they like are constantly in therapy and they feel like they, ne they can never graduate from therapy. And so I describe like, you no, know, okay, well, first stage of therapy is when you are spilling your gut, like, you know, you're talking about all the problems that you have. But then the second stage of therapy is when you identify what you want to work on and then you work on those things. And then you come, come, like come to your therapist and say, okay, I tried this and this didn't work, or I tried this, this worked. And they, you know, guide you the next step. What, what can you do next? And then the third stage is the consolidation phase where you kind of bring the therapist within. So next time you are in a similar situation, you can say, okay, what would my therapist suggest in this time? And so you are suggesting to yourself and then you are, you are following it. So you become your own therapist. So this is what you were describing therapist within when you have learned different perspective. Once you, once you know the difference between A, B, and C, then you don't need to continue to learn that. You already know what is the difference between A, B, and C. And you're able to apply it in your life. Yeah, so wonderful that therapy helped you. What was the next one that you were going to say? So the next one, specifically with ADHD. So I had to go through quite a trying process um, with this, but it was worth it. I actually decided to go seek out assistance with a psychiatrist. And through the psychiatrist, this is based off a recommendation for my therapist, so it's all connected. I was able to get re-diagnosed with ADHD as an adult because at the time I was a adolescent and I was diagnosed, again, ADHD was not commonly spoken of, especially when it came to women or girls. It was mainly focused on men and boys and hyperactivity. It wasn't really closely looked at because there's a lot that comes with ADHD. So I didn't take it seriously as an adolescent. So I decided um, in 2020 when we went into lockdown and things started to really um, progress um, in not a positive way with my mental health, I start started to recognize that, oh my goodness, I really do have ADHD and I need to take this seriously. So the beginning of this year, I decided to seek out the psychiatrist and get retested. And I can't tell you how helpful that was just to reconfirm that that's what I was dealing with because it gave me a direction, a specific focus to then move forward and work on. So I did that and I decided to, and again, this is not for everyone. This is just my personal experience to get on medication because at that point I had done quite a lot to work on maintaining my ADHD and the symptoms that come along with that and nothing seemed to be working. Um, I was burning out a lot and I was very depressed. 
So getting on medication was the second step in my personal journey, and it was very, very helpful. Um, again, you know, it's, 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 it's a process and you have to be patient with yourself and with the folks that are trying to help you. But it was a resource that honestly has been monumental in my growth. So seeking out help through the psychiatrist and getting on medication was definitely my major step two and tool and resource that I've used so far. Wonderful. So you mentioned that you were burning out. How yeah. is ADHD related to burnout? Oh, man. So with ADHD brain, um, you tend to have thoughts and emotions kind of flooding through your mind and body at all times of the day, and it can be very draining. And when you're trying to work your job, whatever that may be, while maintaining a social life, while also trying to take care of yourself, overwhelm hits you pretty, pretty easily and pretty uh, heavily when you have ADHD. So that quickly leads to burnout, where you feel like you're trying to do so many things all at once, and then you're basically in paralysis and can't do anything. So I was experiencing that over and over and over where I felt like I would gain a little headway and I would make progress with the things that I was trying to accomplish. And then I would fall back 10 steps. And that would just happen over and over and over again. So it finally got to the point where I said, enough is enough. I cannot do this on my own right now. I need to seek out additional help and try medication and see if that helps me. So did managing your ADHD help you bounce back from your burnout also? Absolutely. It helps you put things into perspective in a different way that otherwise you would not be able to, and you're able to prioritize things a little differently and manage your time a little easier so that things don't seem so overwhelming. Um, it kind of puts things on an even level playing field as where when you're with, with ADHD brain that's not on medication, you're not on an even le level playing field. You're just all over the place. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it definitely helped. We say like in the brain, there are like um, networks, right? So mm -hmm. there, there's a default network and then there is an attention network. Okay. So most of the time, uh, default network is when the brain is going all over, all the thoughts are coming and passing. And then when you're, when you're attending to something, trying to focus on something, usually a brain that is focused on attention, the default network goes down. And when the attention goes down, then the default network goes up. In ADHD brain, the default network doesn't go down. So even when you're trying to attend to something, this whole wandering continues to happen. And, you know, mm -hmm. the brain area is still kind of going on. And so it's kind of really hard to for, for a person with ADHD brain to be able to focus. And, of course, if your brain is thinking 10 different things all the time, it is going to get tired. And so it is a very high risk for burnout. And so addressing that um, issue helps um, a lot uh, in prevention and reduction of burnout too. All right. So what else did you try? So something more recently that I've integrated into my routine and prior to being on medication, prior to even really diving into my mental health journey, I did not have the patience for is meditation and how beneficial that is for someone that has chronic anxiety or ADHD. Because again, like you just said, 
your brain is constantly moving and thinking and feeling and it's very depleting. It can really drain your energy very quickly. And again, that leads to burnout. So meditation is something that I finally decided to take seriously and begin integrating into my routine. And it started with yoga and I go to yoga once a week and just getting out into that, in, that environment, that space where it's solely about you and your body and your mind and just simply relaxing because for someone who has anxiety and ADHD, relaxing is not a very common word that we use or feel often. Uh, so meditation and yoga has really helped, again, just slow things down so that we can process at a quote unquote normal level which also helps us kind of prioritize things better. It helps just in general regulate a lot of things. So that's the third tool that I've really started to, to lean on and utilize. Another tool is more so along the meditation side of things as an app that a friend of mine actually suggested I start using. And it's an Australian based app and it's wonderful. It's free. It's called smiling minds hmm. and they have, so many different types of meditation practices on there for all different levels. And it really, really helps because again, with someone whose brain is constantly running on overdrive, sleeping has always been an issue for me as well. And this has really helped put my brain at ease at night and help me recenter and refocus so that I can sleep better at night. That's wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of patients tell me that um, they have a very hard time with the passive meditation because um, your your brain is going like, you know, 100 miles an hour. It's like it's kind of really hard to focus on one thing and not do anything. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, I usually recommend active meditation. So yoga is something that is active meditation. You're moving your body and that allows it to allows your mind to kind of focus focus better. And then there are other benefits of these exercises that also helps to calm the brain down and is you're able to focus better. So I'm really glad that you tried uh, yoga. Anything else that you tried on a regular basis or something that smiling, what was the name of the it's app? called Smiling Minds. Smiling Minds. Yeah, I would also check it out. I think that sounds interesting. So it's purely just the meditation app or it is specifically for ADHD. No, it's just a meditation app. Um, anybody that feels as though they need to recenter themselves it can definitely benefit from it, which is really nice. So it's not specific to any type of individual. It's it's for everyone. What other tools did you try? Like you were talking about, you had to work on your perspective shift or you wanted to. Um, so what did you mean by that? So that's a little bit more complicated. This isn't really a tool or a resource per se. It's just something that is more of a strategy that in order to really get to a certain level of healing and self-awareness, you kind of have to do. And that is something that I started to really do. <laughs> um, involuntarily at first uh, in 2020 was really when I did most of this is sitting with my uncomfortable feelings and thoughts and not running from them, hmm. which most of us prefer to run away from those uncomfortable feelings and numb the pain instead. 
but I decided to cut out my negative coping mechanism in 2020, which was alcohol. I stopped drinking alcohol completely in 2020, and that allowed me to really get a realistic grasp and view on where my life was when it came to friendships, to relationships, to my career, to every aspect of my life. But it started with recognizing that it was no longer serving me and that I needed to stop running from the things that I was feeling and face them head on. And so I did. And it was really tough. And again, therapy helped me through that. My friends helped me through that. But it comes to the point where you kind of just have to sit with yourself to a certain extent and come to terms with yourself and have that moment, that aha moment of, you know what, I've been running from this trauma or this feeling or this person or whatever it may be for too long. And now I'm going to work on healing this part of me that's holding me back. So that's what I did. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is usually hard when you develop this crutch of depending on, um, you know, different type of addiction. Some people mm -hmm. alcohol and some people gambling and some yeah. people <laughs> uh, excessive uh, internet or social mm -hmm. media. Somehow um, to avoid feeling what you're feeling, you try to do something else, but the feeling don't go away until you address right. it properly. Exactly. So I'm glad that you did that. Wonderful. And so do you have any any suggestions for somebody who may be trying to apply these tools in their life? What what mistakes to avoid or what how the brain plays games with you and how to control? Mm. Oh, the brain loves to play games. Don't we all know that? Yeah. Like um, in, in, like you were saying, you know, with the alcohol, like you know, mm -hmm. you're feeling anxious, you say, Okay, well, I'll drink alcohol so then I can calm down or socialize or go to sleep and then it backfires and so like you said it was not serving you anymore so how but then the brain would say drink some alcohol it would help you you know you're feeling uncomfortable so it would kind of play the games on you mm -hmm. so do you have any tips for controlling that yeah so when it comes to your brain tempting you to default back to negative habits or bad habits you kind of have to remind yourself of one that you want better for yourself because that's where you're trying to go. And two, when you were utilizing the negative coping mechanisms, whatever it may be, or when you were still, when you still had your bad habits or you had those toxic people in your life, how did it make you feel after you used them or you went through whatever it was? It, it's not worth it. And I kept having to tell myself that, you know, it's tricky, especially when it comes to alcohol, because our culture is so dependent on it. And it's so socially glorified and recognized as something that everyone does. And so when I decided to stop drinking, whenever I would go out with friends or be around it, or even just being at home and having those moments of weakness where I was just feeling really terrible and wanted to not think about anything and was like, oh, a glass of wine would feel would be really nice right now. I would have to remind myself in those moments that the, the cons outweigh the pros. I'm going to feel like shit the next day because I'm going to be super dehydrated. I'm going to have more anxiety. I'm going to feel depressed because I drank and I didn't really want to. 
So you kind of have to work on yourself first and getting to a place where you can be your own cheerleader. And it's really hard to do. But once you come to that conclusion and that realization that you want better for yourself, it gets easier to say no to the things that hurt you. That's wonderful. Yeah. So um, you were able to bring to your focus the long-term benefit, uh, like negative consequences compared to the short-term mm-hmm. uh, benefit that you may get with this negative coping skills. All right. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience that has helped you in life that may help them? Talking about your feelings has helped me the most. Because for most of my life, I suppressed a lot of the things that I was struggling with because I didn't know how to communicate what I was feeling. And so I would just lash out or use other things to cope. And it didn't work. It didn't help. made things worse. So my advice to anyone who's listening and is struggling and is contemplating reaching out for help, doesn't know where to turn, there are so many resources out there right now, virtually, nationally, And also just finding someone that you can confide in, whether it be a friend or a family member, even a stranger. I mean, just, you know, trying to get what you're going through off of your chest or simply even if you don't have anyone you feel confident confiding in, writing things down in a journal. It sounds really cheesy and silly, but it almost physically feels like you're pulling those thoughts and those emotions out of you and onto the paper So either talking to someone or writing down what you're going through as often as you feel necessary is extremely, extremely beneficial. And not being ashamed of what you're going through because, again, we all struggle to some degree with something. We're all human at the end of the day and nobody's perfect. And just to continue to remember that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. This technique of writing down, I call it emptying your mental garbage bin. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people keep on, what if we keep on collecting the garbage, you know, it is going to smell and going to stink and it would bring all those bees. (laughs) And, but we some rarely think about emptying our mental garbage bin. And so writing it out is like, you know, clearing the mental garbage bin. Mm -hmm. And so there is more space, freshness, fresh air for the brain to think. (laughs) Let yourself breathe a little. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. So uh, time passes when you're having fun. And so it seems like you're coming to close. So how can people reach you if they want to learn more about you? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at the Wondering Mind Podcast. And there are a bunch of resources in my bio that you can click on and find more um, mental health resources and information about what I'm doing. And a website is coming soon. So wonderful. wonderful. I just for people who are listening, I want to read it out. So the wondering mind has like wonder with O instead of A. So it's T-H-E W-O-N-D-E-R. I-N-G, Wondering, Mind, M-I-N-D, Podcast. 
Um, so you guys can uh, check it out on Instagram, the Wondering Mind podcast. And Emily has been gracious to share one of the gifts. She'll be sharing the five tips to coping with ADHD, and we would put it in our resource section. So if you would like these resources, please go to our website, happyandhealthymind.com and click the resources and you'd be able to download the resource that Emily is sharing with all the other gifts, resources that are also present. And if you, you are in US and you would like us to send you a text link and reminder, then you can text the word joyful to the number 38470 and be happy to send you the links for reminders and resources. So hopefully that would help. Thank you so much for joining. And let me leave the audience with my last message is every day is a new day. Every day is a new opportunity to make decisions for better life. What decision you're going to make today? Keep making small improvement towards the best version of yourself. On that note, stay safe and healthy. Till next time, Dr. Rosina.